Hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of Cliff's Book Reviews, where we interview Michigan authors and the books that they have written. And congratulations. Today, we actually have a Michigan author on the podcast, so you won't just have to listen to me talk for the next 20 or 30 minutes. But I've read his book, and I think it's really cool, and I think it's a great way to kick off this series. But the name of the book is called Josh's Book, Read It For Her. And the author is Josh Wesselick. And Josh is joining us today. Josh, how are you? Good, Cliff. Hi, thanks so much. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about where you're from? Well, uh, like you said, my name is Josh Wesselick. I'm from Saginaw, Michigan. I've been here all my life. I've moved around a little bit for jobs, but mostly in Saginaw. Excellent. Now, I have to ask this question. And, and actually, before I ask this question, let's talk a little bit about your book. What is your book? What is Josh's book about? Josh's book is basically, I call it a list of tips for guys who want to treat their girls better. And that, that could be, you know, your girlfriend, fiance, wife. And I wanted it to be kind of bite-sized chunks of just easy to use, easy to apply, just ways that we can help our relationship grow or strengthen our relationship. Or if you're having problems in your relationship, maybe this can overcome some of those problems. But basically, it's just a way for guys to treat their girls better. I, I like the concept of this already, but... <laughs> Why write a book? Okay, so I wish I could say it was all my studies of behavioral science and female brainology brought me to these conclusions, and you know, <laughs> it wasn't anything like that. It, really, the reason I wrote the book is because I was irritated one day. You know, really, this has been a long time coming. All my life, I've kind of been that guy where my friends would come to, and oh man, my girlfriend said this, or I said this, and I shouldn't have done it. What do I do? And you know, I would try my best, even though I knew barely anything more than they did about girls. But, you know, I was just always there with an open ear and try to help guys, you know, get through it. And over my life, you know, I've just tried to be the best boyfriend, fiance, husband I could be. And I always heard a lot where, you know, if my wife would post something on Facebook or say something to her friends, you always hear that, oh man, you should write a book or you should give a class or something like that. And I never paid it any mind. But there came a point where and this was in the span of two days, I think. And this is fairly recently, probably within the last two years. Well, obviously in the past two years, because I wrote the book two years ago. But I took my wife a smoothie. She was working at the school. It was summertime. I was just out and about doing whatever. And I got a smoothie and I figured, you know what? It's hot out. There's no air conditioning in that school. I'm just going to stop by and take her a smoothie. No big deal. So I did it. Took 15 minutes out of my day, went and took her a smoothie. And later on that day, she told me that like her teacher friends were just flabbergasted by this and making comments like, my husband would never do that. And that just kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, what do you mean your husband would never do that? It's not like a, this huge thing. And that just kind of struck me kind of sideways. And the very next day I go to work and I overheard a phone call with a coworker of mine who had just recently got married. I mean, recent to the point where they should have still been in the honeymoon, you know, honey muffin, pumpkin, baby love you stage. <laughs> and uh, instead, he was, you know, I'm really busy. You know, I got to go. Okay, just make sure you go do this. Okay, bye. And man, that just struck a chord with me. And I was so upset that, you know, a, a newlywed is still not, you know, saying I love you and being romantic and things. And so I went home that night and I said, you know what? All those people that said I should write a book, maybe they're onto something. So I just sat down and wrote a whole bunch of topics down that I thought would be kind of typical 
guy things that the stereotypical guy has problems with. And I wrote down about 50 things and whittled down to 30 and just decided to write bite-sized chunks that it's real easy to read and doesn't take a long time. And just, just to help us guys be better guys. So I like this concept already. And, <laughs> you know, the one thing is when I did pick up the book and I did start reading and you talked about bite-sized chunks, you're not kidding. Each chapter literally is like two pages. Oh, yeah. That's what, it. what is the appeal of writing it in this style versus some of these other books where I've read where a chapter is like 50 pages or 75 pages? Yeah. Well, I mean, this may just be my own experience, but I am really not a big reader. I don't like just sitting and reading a book. I just, I've never been able to do it. I can't, I can't focus that long or whatever. And another thing is like the stereotypical guy, I guess I'll use that term, doesn't really want relationship help. You know, I don't really want your advice. I'm good. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I don't need any fancy doctors telling me what to do. And I have read a few relationship books. I mean, everybody knows the love language book, which is excellent. But a lot of the books out there are written by like psychologists and doctors and counselors. And they have all this jargon and all this, you know, medical background and everything is so wordy by the time you get through it. And you're like, oh my goodness, what did I just read? And I, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to go into a psychologist myself and I don't need all this. So thinking along that lines, I wanted to make it almost like a handbook where, okay, oh my gosh, we're arguing. What are we arguing about? And they can flip through the book and be like, okay, what should I do about this? And it's real easy. It's real quick and to the point. I don't put a lot of fluff in there. It's just read it, what you need and move on. And speaking of which, when I'm flipping through here and I'm taking a look at some of these chapter names, some of this stuff, you know, you could almost just read the title of the chapter and just move <laughs> yep. on, right? So, you know, yep. one of them is called Go on Dates. There's another yep. one that's called Dance With Her, which I actually want to talk about that one. Yep. Don't fix it. Let her yeah. cry. Things like that. So a lot of the stuff in here um, I find interesting, and I actually highlighted the section of Don't Buy Her Roses and Chocolates. That, to me, is so <laughs> counterintuitive because, especially around Valentine's Day, I yes. just I just get bombarded with the whole chocolate, you know, chocolate flowers thing. And yeah. you're right, the, the price does triple. But yeah. I want to talk uh, about this section with, you know, dance with her. Because I, I think that, you know, and, and I'm going to say this out there. And I remember as, you know, a kid growing up and having this stereotype beat into my skull where there's just certain things that men don't do. And one of the things that men don't do is men don't dance, right? And this is, yeah. you know, I remember it just took me forever before I finally got out there onto the dance floor and, you know, I resembled kind of like an epileptic monkey and I really, there was nothing like really like, you know, sexy about it. But the one thing that I have always loved to do is slow dance, which is what this chapter in here particularly talks about. So, you know, I guess the question is for the guy out there that may be stuck in real men don't do this, real men don't dance or real men don't, you know, whatever that is, what's the advantage of, of overcoming that stigma? How do you overcome all that years of self-reinforcement. What is it What is it that you're doing? Why, why in the bigger picture does that matter? Oh boy, that's a big question. You know, the real man title, I'm not sure exactly where that came from. I mean, I get what you're saying that that has been sort of, you know, ingrained in us growing up. Real men are supposed to just be out in the garage fixing cars and, you know, wearing plaid shirts and cutting down trees and, arr, you know, real man. If you really think about it, if if every guy tried to be a real man, as we were kind of brought up, that's a lonely life to live because 
you know, a real man is supposed to be self-sufficient. We don't show emotions. We don't bring anybody in to help. We don't talk about anything. So what a lonely island to be on as a real man. So I think as, you know, when you're going through my book, I think it can kind of flip that script and show you that a real man is a man that takes care of his girl, that takes care of his wife, takes care of his girlfriend. A real man is supposed to provide, but that doesn't just mean I'm only providing money. I'm going to work all the time because that's what men do. I'm just going to work, work, work. That's not what being a real man is. Being a real man is being there and giving your time and giving your energy and giving your attention and just giving your love. I mean, the slow dancing part that I was talking about, I'm just like you. I'm, I am not like a dancer. I'll never get out there. I, I think I wrote in the book, I mean, I'll never get out there and dance with the stars. And, yeah. No, nah, I'm never going to do that. I mean, slow dancing is, is my limit, but I love slow dancing. I mean, you can tell when someone gets married and they have their first, you know, the uh, bride and groom dance. It's such a connection and they're always so happy and it's just them and it's all by themselves. But anytime you go to a slow dance, anytime you're at a reception or a party or something, anytime there's a slow dance, when you go and dance with your wife or your girlfriend or something, if you do it right, it'll, it can feel just like that every time. It can feel like you're the only ones out there and that's what your girl needs. She needs that connection to you. And who cares what anybody else thinks? I mean, any guys that are laughing at you, oh, my gosh, look at he's just, you know, being a wimp or a sissy or something, and he's out there dancing. Well, they're probably not dancing, and they probably don't have any connections, and they're probably just sitting at the table all alone. So I guess that's kind of my flip on the real man thing. Do you want to be alone and be a real man, or do you want to have a connection and a relationship and be what a man is supposed to be? Man, I love that. <laughs> that is absolutely great. So Thanks. for for somebody who is for this particular book and the style and they're thinking, you know, this is something that I'm actually interested. But from from your standpoint, being the author, what would you say are three key takeaways that people should have from this book? I think one of the takeaways when I read through it, there's nothing really earth shattering in this book. So I think one of the takeaways is it's the little things that matter. You don't always have to do any extravagant, you know, plans and spend thousands of dollars to make your wife happy, to make your girl happy. It's just the little things, you know, leave her notes, say, I love you, you know, take her on a little walk on the beach or something. You know, there's nothing earth shattering about it, but you can slip in little things every day. And that is so much more meaningful than, you know, these big ornate plans that you create. I mean, those are great, but how often does that happen? You know, so it's the little things that matter. I think that's one good takeaway. Another one is that can improve. This book isn't just for, you know, brand new relationships. This isn't for someone who's just trying to figure out girls. I've had a lot of people who have been married for 30, 40, 50 years, apply a lot of these things to their relationships. After all that time, they still read it and they're like, huh, I never thought of it that way, or I never even knew that was a thing. Or I never thought she thought of it that way. And, and it's not, not to put anyone down. It's just that there's always room for improvement. There's always ways to make your girl happier. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of this is just to keep her happy, keep her smiling. And so, yeah, it's a little things that matter. Anyone can improve. And then there's a chapter in the book. It's called Never Stop Winning Her. And I yes. think that can really be the theme 
of the whole book. And basically it talks about, you know, we put all this energy into courting this girl, you know, when we were, when we were dating or when we were trying to, trying to get her to date us, you know, man, we'd go out of our way. We'd do all this special stuff. We'd, you know, we'd meet her at whenever she wanted to meet, we'd buy her little presents, you know, just whatever we could do to get her to notice us and to make her, to make her like us. And once we get to that point, once we do have her as our girlfriends or wives, we should never stop that. We should always treat it like we're still trying to win her. Even though we have her, we should still try to win her. We should, I mean, don't just be a placeholder. Oh, we're married now. I'm going to be on the couch. You know, I got the title, so we're good. I'm a husband. So that's, that's all it's going to be. You know, you don't want to be a placeholder. Just always be active, always be engaged and pay attention and just never stop winning her. Circling back to your first point, when you said the little things matter, the one thing that really surprised me about this book is how a lot of these these you know different suggestions these these ideas to keep uh, the relationship fresh and to keep it vibrant involved most of them are free yep <laughs> but a lot of them was like very little money and and I think that when you when you take a look at like the the section in there about when you talk about buy her ice cream yeah right and it's the fact that you know she's you know maybe doesn't want to buy the ice cream because she wants to use that money towards a bill or something and and she's doing this because she's a caregiver. Right, right. And you say, well, kind of flip this and become the caregiver. You know, she, she really would like the ice cream, but she wants to pass, get it for her anyway. So she's got a treat. So, you know, and I know that ice cream is just not something that's like really super expensive. But nope. in a lot of these cases, what you outline in the book, it's it's really the gesture. It is the thought. It is the act behind it, not necessarily yeah. the dollar amount. That's exactly it. It's It's just doing something just you know you've heard it's the thought that counts it's kind of along that lines basically all that does is just lets her know that i'm thinking about you and i'm actively being involved in our relationship and i am always trying to make you as happy as i can make you so that's basically all it is i mean it doesn't have to be extravagant like i said just let her know that you're in it let her know that you're thinking about her let her know that you want what's best for her yeah and and this reminds me of something that i ran across a number of years ago and it's by uh tony robbins uh life strategist coach but he called it the law of familiarity right if you're around somebody long enough that you have a tendency to take them for granted and what i thought about your book when i was reading it of course was that this is a really great uh pattern interrupt you know somebody who is sitting there thinking man you know i'd like to you know, have that freshness in my relationship again, this thing is just chuck full of all kinds of great ideas, something that goes beyond just buying chocolates and flowers. So, you know, I thought this was really nice. You mentioned before about how a lot of people have been reading your book. A lot of people have kind of like implemented some of your ideas. Do you have uh, one story in particular that a reader of your book came back with and said, you know, your your book you know, maybe saved my relationship or saved my marriage or brought us back to a happy place. Do you have a story like that to share? You know, I wish I had like a, like a real relationship saving story. I haven't personally heard one, but I do have smaller stories that I've heard. And, and again, just little things, but it's amazing how much these little things matter because when people have, and usually I'm hearing this from the wife, or the girlfriend, you know, I don't usually hear it from the guys. I, I get feedback from the wife and it's amazing how much just one little gesture, even if they take one thing out of the book and apply it, it's 
it's almost like a almost like a personality change like it's such a switch for the guy to do certain things and when they do it the wife really notices and that just shows how important just little things are so for example one of the couples that I gave the book to she called me up about a week later and said yeah while he was reading it he just looked over and told me that he loved me which even just something simple like that is was so big for her because it's not a common thing in their household and then the next day he even wrote her a little cutesy little poem you know it was probably nothing fancy right but he did it he's making little gestures so he's he's reading the book he's applying it and man it it was enough for the girl mention it to me. That's that's how important it is because, wow, she's got to say something about it because that usually doesn't happen. And then just last week, I was talking to a guy that read the book and we were talking about, you know, I asked him if he read it and he said, man, I read it, but I got to read it again because there's a lot of stuff I need to apply. And he mentioned how just the night before he and his wife had gotten into an argument, but while they were arguing, he was going over things that he read in that book in his mind and that helped him diffuse that argument. Because he realized that he was kind of in the wrong and he used tips that he read in my book to try to appease the situation and, you know, kind of quelled that argument. And that, but I think one of the most touching ones I had was a longtime couple and they've been married. I can't remember exactly what she said, but it, it's decades. And she was the one, after she read the book, she said, Oh, my husband does all these except for maybe one or two things, you know. And I've heard that a lot too. Oh, I do all that stuff. But, she said, after reading this book, just a random night, they were sitting in the living room and he took my advice and got up, turned on some music, took her hand off the couch and just danced with her right in the living room, which he had never done before in their whole relationship and their whole marriage. So even that far along, just picking up one extra thing, like I said, we can all improve. And that was so impactful to her, so touching to her. And it just, it makes me feel good. It swells my heart up to know that you know, these simple actions are, are making such an impact. Guys are taking it to heart because they're such simple things. You just have to get up and do it. And, and you're absolutely correct. This is, you know, a lot of these things in this book are absolutely simple. And, you know, the story that you just shared, I thought was really touching. You know, the question that I got for you is that now, how long have you been married? We've been together for 28 years. We've been married 21 of those years. Okay. Congratulations. Sweethearts. Thanks. Yes. Congratulations. What are some of the things in the book that you use, particularly on a, on a daily basis to help keep uh, your relationship fresh and, and vibrant? You know, I, and I'm trying not to sound like pretentious or anything, but I try to do everything in my book. I mean, why else would I have written it if, if I hadn't, had experience in these things, you know, I, I, I try to do them all. I mean, obviously you're not doing everything every day. Hold on. I'm, I'm only at chapter 26 today. You know, I'm, (laughs) you don't do them all the time, but the ones that I use all the time, and I'll just kind of use some of the titles here, but one of the chapters is don't hang up without saying, I love you. We do that all the time. Never, ever. We'll, We'll never hang up without saying, I love you. Even if it's kind of a heated phone call, even if we're kind of not seeing eye to eye, even if we got to grumble it out, uh-huh, I love you. You know, we always say it because the reason I do it is because you never know what's going to happen the next minute. You know, True. so we always say I love you and it doesn't sound like a big thing, but you're always hearing it. It's always in your ear. You know, we know that we love each other. So I, I do that all the time. The go on dates, that one I try to do as often as we can, which 
with COVID season has been increasingly difficult, but, and I work second shift and uh, she recently works kind of all over the place. So it's been harder and harder for us to meet up, but I really try to keep that in the forefront and we don't get to do it too often, but, you know, we try to make it a point at least hopefully like twice a month, even just go do something. It doesn't even matter what you do. I mean, recently we've been going to this little place in Bay city called muscle beach. It's just, just a little diner and you can't even go in and eat. So we just drive up there and get some food and eat it in the van. And that's good. That's a date. Sometimes it's right by the Bay. So we'll drive over to the Bay and look at the water and eat, you know, it's nothing fancy, nothing extravagant. It's just little diner food, but Hey, it's just us. We're away from the kids and we're just talking about stuff that adults talk about, you know, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to go to any five-star restaurant or anything. It's just getting out. Or sometimes we just go for a walk. Sometimes you just drive around. You don't even go anywhere. You just drive and talk and just be together. So I really try to get that happening at least a couple times a month. And then really probably in general, the one I use a lot is just paying attention. And that's another chapter in the book is just pay attention always kind of be active, always kind of be listening, always be engaged because the more I listen to her or not even listen to her, sometimes she doesn't want to talk. Sometimes you just notice that she looks a little different or she looks down or she's a little rushed or something. If you're paying attention, there's always an opportunity to reach out and find out what she needs or what's going on. Or you can, you know, maybe come up with oh, she's feeling down today, or I knew she was having a hard day. So, you know, I'll come home and after I get out of work on second shift, I'll stop to, you know, Kroger or whatever and get her some flowers. And so when she wakes up, she'll have some flowers to brighten her day. Just just pay attention, just be active. So those are kind of the ones that I use. Again, I, I, I try to use them all eventually. But those three, we say I love you all the time. We try to get some time with just us and just pay attention all the time. Yeah. And what that reminded me of in the book when I was reading that was the was the importance of being present in that moment. And it's very realistic that you could be physically there, but you could be mentally someplace else. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah all the time. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And we got a world that's just absolutely filled with you know, distractions because, you know, our phone is our lifeline to the world or, you know, the television oh or, yep, you know, the yep jillion of things that are absolutely on your plate. And sometimes it, and it does take practice because I'll admit this is something that I struggle with as well, but just being present in that moment and making sure Mm -hmm. that you are there. So when you're, when you're talking anyways, uh, I think is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. Like I was mentioning earlier about just a guy sitting on the couch and you know, your wife's talking to you and you're just doing the passive. Uh huh. Yep. Well, what did I just say? I don't want to be that guy. I want to, pay attention, look at her, you know, connect. That's, that's really what this is all about is just having that connection. And not, again, just not being a placeholder in the relationship. And that's absolutely true. So Josh, if somebody is listening to this interview and uh, they want to get a copy of your book, where can they find it? Uh, the easiest place is just to go to the website. It's joshesbook.com, J-O-S-H-S-B-O-O-K, joshesbook.com. It talks a little bit about the book, but there's a, you know, get it now or buy now button or something like that. And it'll take you to the Amazon page. And that's exclusively where it's sold right now. It's on Amazon and it's a paperback or an ebook. I say it's easier to go on the website because with all their algorithms and stuff, sometimes even if you go to Amazon and type in Josh's book, 
it'll bring you up 5,000 books that are written by a guy named Josh and it's a little harder to find. So right. joshesbook.com is probably the best way to go. Excellent. And you've got an audio version on the way. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I did record this as an audiobook, and uh, I was inspired to do that because I work at the foundry at General Motors and it's just noisy. You're, you're kind of, you know, in all this airy noise and machine noise and stuff. And I noticed that a lot of people will listen to like podcasts and videos and music and stuff while they're working. And as I said before, I'm not a big reader, but I can listen to stuff all day long. So I wanted to make an audio version where if someone is too busy or they don't like reading and even like we were talking about a real man, a man's man who works in a garage or works in a foundry, you can at least put on some earbuds and listen to the book. And I mean, it's, it's only probably like an hour and 40 minutes. It's not really that long of a book, but it's broken up into separate MP3s. You can, you know, go to the chapters that you want to go to or re-listen to it. And so I did record it. I submitted it to the company and uh, they have approved the quality of it. And for the past few weeks, I've been waiting. It just, it's stuck on heading to retail. So I'm hoping by the time people hear this, that it will be available. And if it is, it's going to be available on iTunes, audible.com and Amazon. And you could just search for Josh's book on either three of those. And I'm assuming that will come up. I can't tell you how much that's going to be because with the audiobook world, I learned that you have no control over the pricing of that. That is determined by the website that sells the book based on like length and, you know, topic and things like that. So I can't tell you how much that's going to be, but I would appreciate anybody to go look it up if, if they like listen to audiobooks. Hopefully it'll be out. Excellent. And uh, for the audience out there, we will have links in the show notes down below. Josh, thanks so much for, for taking time today out of your schedule to come and uh, talk to us uh, really about this, what I think is a really good book. So thank you for taking that time. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, then subscribe to our email newsletter. When you subscribe, you'll get new episode announcements. You'll get all kinds of great behind the scenes information on upcoming guests. Plus, you'll receive special offers from our guests and partners that you can only get through the email newsletter. Subscribing is quick, easy, and best of all, it is free. Just go to callofleadership.com slash email, type in your email address, and you're done. Once again, that's callofleadership.com slash email. I'll catch you in the next episode.